Another Way to Play, episode 48. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Justin Aldridge, Success Coach. And if you want to learn to make the next chapter of your life better than the last, then you need to be listening to Another Way to Play with my friend, Hans Truzina. Welcome to Another Way to Play, your wake-up call to finally make a difference by creating a life defined by freedom. This is about entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and industry professionals that have left the nine-to-five rat race behind by taking that personal leap from where they were to where they want to be. It's time to stop going through the motions, stop hitting the snooze button on your life, and get the insight and inspiration to make the next chapter of your life better than your last. This is Another Way to Play with your host, Hans Struzina. This is Another Way to Play. I am your host, Hans Struzina, and I believe that if you trade hours for dollars, you will never achieve true freedom in your life. Today's guest is Justin Aldridge. He's a highly sought-after life and success coach who helps high achievers who want to do, be, and have more in life get unstuck uh, so that they can create the lives and businesses of their dreams. He helps people do what he calls building the uncommon life. We had a fantastic conversation together, and I'm really excited to share it with you. A couple things to listen up for. Uh, specifically, he says... Uh, in the very beginning, his background, he got a little vulnerable, explained where he's coming from, and then it builds that into a story about holding his brand new daughter um, and how that experience and that sort of mental journey he went on in that moment changed his life. Sent him in a very different direction and helped him realize uh, that at the end of the day, he's the only one that has to answer to his dreams. Uh, so he's got a really great set of thoughts around that. And then towards the end, uh, he talks about purpose and, and how we need to stop looking for purpose in our positions. And we get into the purpose, passion conversation. So you're definitely going to want to listen up for that. Before we get into the podcast interview, guys, uh, head down to the show notes, get, take a look for my Calendly link. It's down there uh, in the show notes. I would love to connect with you personally. So if you pick a time uh, that we can connect, uh, we'll have a conversation, get to know each other just a little better, and uh, hopefully uh, find some ways that uh, we're connected, uh, some things to talk about, and then of course, some ways to make the podcast even better. So I really appreciate your time there. And if you're getting value out of this, head over to iTunes, leave me a rating and review. Really helps me gain critical feedback as well as uh, helping with the algorithms so that more people can find the show. So without any further ado, guys, this is my conversation with Justin Aldridge. Justin, man, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm really excited to have you on. Absolutely, Hans. I'm excited, man. Yeah, and then thanks for for toughing it out, even though you've been a little bit sick. It's it's you don't sound too bad, luckily, but I, I'm I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, I told my wife this is like my radio voice, so it should work well. <laughs> awesome. Well, we we heard a little bit about your your uh, your background and kind of what you're doing now in the intro. So why don't you back it up before we get to more into that and tell us where your journey began? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, I think, in everybody's story. Um, it doesn't matter who you are. There's always these pivotal things that kind of shape and mold you into the, the person that you've become and the profession that you end up choosing. You know, I was somebody that came from a very poor family growing up. I'm the youngest of five kids, two high school dropouts. My dad had five kids by the time he was 21. My mom at three at the age of 20. So the, the struggle was something that I definitely knew. Um, grew up with a lot of insecurities, a lot of self-doubt, even though I was a very 
overachieving kid, I never really believed that I could ever, ever really accomplish anything of significance. And I guess the, the biggest thing that kind of defined me in my early years was overachieving, but underbelieving. And, you know, I graduated, I went and played football at the uh, University of Texas. I graduated in the top 1% of my class, but yet I still, even with all these successes that were piling up in my life, I still just really didn't have this belief inside of me that I could ever do anything of significance. And in 2012, I went through a really bad depression and had dealt with anxiety for my entire life up until that point and had a really significant panic attack that actually led to six months of physical manifestations of stress and anxiety where my body was just breaking down. And I'm seeing specialist after specialist after specialist getting tested from everything, blood, uh, like blood diseases to brain tumors and everything in between. And whenever that came back and they told me, you know, it's all between your ears, essentially, this is all something you've created by not being able to handle the stress and anxiety in your life. And that was like really hard for me because I was one of those people that was always on for everybody else, but didn't really know how to take care of me. After that, coming out of that season, I knew that something had to change, that I had to start making changes in my life. And it was really the birth of my daughter that changed everything. There was really just this one big catalytic moment for me where everything changed. And it was a few months after my daughter was born, we're sitting in a rocking chair in her room. And I'm just sitting there looking down at her and I'm kind of playing out her life story in my head. Just so curious and inquisitive about who she's going to become, who's she going to marry, what type of job she's going to do, what type of personality she's going to have, just all these different things. And I remember so vividly having this excitement overcome me of having a conversation with her when she gets older about chasing her dreams and how excited I was to have that conversation with her. And then as quickly as the excitement came, it left because I was like, dude, you cannot have that conversation from a place of authenticity with your daughter because you're not doing it in your own life right now. And, you know, I, start, I kind of started going through it. I'm one of those people that live in my own head. Mm -hmm. And so I started going through it and I'm like, you know what? I could have this conversation from a place of regret, but I didn't want to. I really just started having this visual in my head. Like, you know what? I don't want to tell my kids what I think it looks like from the mountaintop. I want to tell them exactly what it looks like. And better yet, I want to bring them up to the mountaintop with me and show them. And that was the big turning point for me to really start going out and discovering what my purpose, what my passion was, and then how can I monetize that and turn that into a business, which is where I find myself today. Man, that's, that's a really intense story. And, and thank you for kind of bringing us along your journey there a little bit, because it's, that's, a lot to sort of take in in just a couple of minutes. Um, backing up here, you you came from this family, a lot of siblings, and and definitely not a direction in your household that most people would equate with becoming a life coach and a, a successful entrepreneur. At that, what do you think was different for you ultimately that led you down that path? Uh, you know, for me, I was always one of those kids that people use those sayings like cut from a different cloth and wise beyond your own years and things like that. And I never really knew what that meant. And it's kind of funny that now the, the mantra over the top of my business is to be uncommon. That's the, the tagline of my business. And mm -hmm. I've always been that way. But when I was a kid, I hated that about myself because I never felt like I was accepted. I never felt like I, would, like I fit in with anybody. I always felt like I was kind of the, this social outcast, this pariah almost. And looking back now, I realized that most of it was self-imposed because I lived inside of my own head. But I tell people all the time, you know, even though I'm only 32 years old, there's a lot of tread under these tires. 
And I've been fortunate enough, I've had the blessing of living some of the, the highest of highs and some of the absolute lowest of lows in my life and a lot in between. And so when it comes to helping people, serving people, empowering people, doing all those different things that a coach does, I think that it fits me perfectly. From the time I was 10, 12 years old, I had people telling me, you should be a life coach. And at that, that age, I'm like, what the hell is a life coach? Is this yeah. even a real thing? And so the more I started learning about it, the more I started studying about it, then I started to just kind of understand, you know what, this is something that really aligns with who I am, what my beliefs are, what I'm passionate about. Was it really the moment that you're holding your, your newborn daughter and, and having that experience with her, even though I guess it's really you because she's probably unconscious of it, but um, is it that moment that you decided to shift and go into that life coaching space or was there something leading up to that, that, that took you down that path? No, that was really, at that time I was still in education. I was teaching and I was doing my personal training business on the side, things that were easy for me, things that were comfortable. That was the, the thing that I always sought in life was comfort because of the instability and the insecurity that was brought on by my childhood everything when I got into adulthood was about providing stability and security. So I was chasing job after job after job for secure reasons. And so I was so unfulfilled because I was one of those people that even though I'd never really believed that I could actually achieve something, there was something inside of me that always stirred up like, dude, you are playing so small right now. You are capable of so much more than this. And I'm blessed to have I guess, had that intuition from a very, very young age. And I wish I could say that that moment with my daughter was kind of the catalyst that made me just flip the switch and everything changed. It wasn't that way, but that was definitely the defining moment that started me on the journey to getting to where I am now. That's, that's really powerful. There was, you, you said something a couple of minutes ago that, that resonated with me. It was, um, you were always seeking stability and security uh, but felt like you were playing too small uh, because you were you were seeking the quote unquote you know, stability and security, which is I'm sure we'll get into. It probably wasn't, hence the the hopping from one job to the next. But like, how at what point did you decide to really listen to your gut and and start to see a pattern in your life, and and how did that come about for you? Another thing that's been a huge blessing for me, Hans, is I've had so many wonderful people around me that have always been there to point out the giftings in me, even though I never really wanted to accept them. And my wife is an entrepreneur. She was an entrepreneur long before me. She's a hairstylist and she was actually making a, a transition in her career. And at that point, she and I were having a conversation. It was coming up to the end of a school year and she just came to me and told me, babe, it's time for you to get out, explore your passion and really find what it is that you want to spend the rest of your life doing. She even told me, she's like, you know, it, I've been blessed for you to be able to work and have a full-time job for me to be able to grow my business. And now it's time for you to do the same. And really having that support and having her almost kind of like kick me in the behind and say, look, go and do this. This is what you need to do. You help everybody else do this. You're always that person who's there serving others and inspiring others to go out and chase their dreams. Now it's time for you to do the exact same thing. That's, that's really powerful. I, I say similar stuff. I was actually on a Facebook live with, with a buddy earlier this morning. Um, it was sales related, but it came up about that support system. Um, Cause when I went out on my 
not on my own, but on the, the real estate path that I'm on, uh, you know, you're, you're doing commissions. So you, 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 you eat what you kill kind of thing. And, uh, to have that support and have someone not only as a cheerleader, but really like that, that safety net, so to say, and, and building a partnership is crucial, especially when she gets it because it's, uh, you know, that's, that could be pretty challenging if you are trying to do something entrepreneurial and, and your partner, or your, your significant other, or your friends or whoever, uh, don't get it. Oh, absolutely. Environment is everything. That's one of the biggest things that I've learned is the people, the places, the things that you surround yourself with are going to make or, make or break your success probably more than any other single factor. Mm -hmm. Just because we know as humans, we're flawed. We're going to have moments of weakness. We're going to have enough hard times on our own. And like you said, it really is depending on which path you're walking. It can be a very isolated and lonely journey. And so if you don't have that support system around you, you don't have those people that are your strength and your inspiration that's picking you up when you're down, then being able to be successful is, is only going to come at the expense of those relationships. You either have to choose your career or the relationships. And luckily it's been a blessing for me to be able to have at least my wife. Um, not everybody has supported my goal, my dream, because whenever you start bucking the status quo, people kind of look at you like you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Why are you giving up a secure job and benefits and all of this stuff? But yeah, being able to have that under my own roof has definitely been a, a huge blessing. Relative to those relationships and friendships, let's talk about for a second, like, the the relationships that weren't as supportive because a lot of people who were going through a transition like you've been through like I've been through it may not that someone even has ill intention for you but they're not supporting you they're not helping you get to where you're trying to go how did you deal with those relationships how did you have the hard conversations can you can you paint a picture for us around that and what that looked like for you yeah, the biggest thing for me was being that that shy, that insecure kid. I was the one who never wanted to rock the boat. I never wanted to upset anybody. But I started to realize the older that I got, the more that I was doing that, the more that I was sacrificing my own joy, my own passion. I was becoming the guy who was overcommitting to everything that everybody else wanted to do in life and undercommitting to the things that I wanted to do in life. And I realized that I had to either take a stand for my dream or I was going to end up living out somebody else's dream. And I didn't want to do that. And so for me, I had to have that honest conversation and say, look, there's certain relationships that I've got to be willing to part with because we all know there's, there's strong personalities and there's just some people that they're just not going to be able to find themselves to be able to be supportive. And that's fine. And so I really just had to come from the place of, okay, I'm going to pick my battles. If it's somebody who, wasn't a, a key character, so to speak, in my life, then it was easy for me to be able to have that conversation and say, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for the time that we had together, so to speak, and then to be able to move on from that. But the ones that were much closer to home, um, that I share a bloodline with, I share a last name with, those relationships, it just came down to that understanding of at the end of the day, I'm the one who's going to have to answer to my dream, not somebody else. And so being willing to have those tough conversations and say, hey, look, this is what I want. This is what I'm going after in my life. This is what's going to fulfill me, at least from a, a purposeful perspective. I need you to be able to support me in this. And if you can't, it doesn't mean we can't have a relationship. It just means we're not going to have a relationship that's going to revolve around my work. 
And there's a lot of people out there, I think, that are selling this ideology of, oh, if people don't support you, you need to kick them out of your life. And I completely disagree with that. The reason why is because I think that they may not have support for you around that one specific area of your life. But that doesn't mean that they don't love you. They don't care for you. They don't want to support you. But you can still have a relationship with that person. You just got to establish clear boundaries. And I think that's what comes down to when it comes to the relationship pieces. You've got to have those strong, firm, clear boundaries, just like in your business. You've got to have systems in place to ensure that your business is getting done. But you've got to have systems in place in your relationships as well to ensure that those boundaries are being maintained so that you can go out and be able to maintain a certain level of emotional health without worrying about things breaking down in these relationships. I tell this story on, on a few other podcasts and it doesn't always come up, but like that, that comment you made at the end of the day, you have to answer uh, for your dreams and no one else does. I really sort of resonated with me because when I was coming, when I came back from the Olympic games and we had, we got fourth, it's like the first couple of weeks when people find out you're on the Olympic team, I always ask how you did and you say fourth and they're like, Oh, well, you know, that's cool that you were on the team. And you're like, well, thanks. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks go by and then it's like, Oh, were you on, you know, Oh, what sport were you in? And then, and then it becomes more vague and so oh, cool rowing. And then a couple more weeks go by and then people don't even care what place you got or what sport you were in. They only care about like the Ryan Lochte thing or how was the Olympic village or whatever. And it, it struck me within a couple of months, like people were not asking me what I got. People were not even like, frankly, digging in that deep beyond like, oh, that's cool. You went to the Olympics. And it just goes to show like at the end of the day, if you're not satisfied or happy with what it is you're doing, you're not going to get that validation from other people because you do something in sports that's like that level. You think people would be really excited about it, but people care about what they care about, not what you care about. You know, it, it's one of those things that when you look back, I'm not one of those ones that aligns with the belief that it's uh, purpose and pursuit of that purpose over everything else because my family and showing up as a great husband and a great father to me is most important to me. But at the end of the day, like look at the, the Kobe Bryant situation, for example. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, as tragic as that is, security and safety does not exist like that. It can all be over with. It can all be taken away. And so my wife and my kids, as much as I love and adore them and they are everything to me at the end of the day, my life cannot be solely dependent upon them because they could be taken away from me and vice versa. I could be taken away from my wife and I don't want her entire identity and reality to be wrapped up in me and our relationship. And so being able to have that support is great. But like you said, you have to go out there with the understanding that at the end of the day, it is you that's chasing this dream. If you have the support, great, but that's not an excuse to give up on it because you don't. And that's, that's a really good point. And I have a, I have a question that I want to segue to on that note. You know, some people are going to be like, yo, Hans, Justin, like what, like, that's great for you. You guys figured out your thing. You got your life coaching, your Olympics, you got your podcast, your real estate, like all this stuff. You got the, got it figured out. But like, I don't know how to get out of my own head. I don't know how to uh, figure out what, my, what I'm excited about. I don't even know what I'm going to take control of. How do I figure that out? What would you say to that person? So I think when it comes to, because I get that, what is my purpose question all the time, which I think is kind of a ridiculous question. But 
whenever people come to me, I understand the heart behind it. They want to be able to have that, that sense of purpose. They want to be able to have that sense of satisfaction, that passion in their life, knowing that they're going out and they're doing something every day that they love. And so what I tell people is there's a few action steps that you go through in order to be able to really align with what that is. So first and foremost, what is it that you think about doing in your private conversations with yourself? Not private conversations with anybody else. In those moments where you're sitting there and you see something on TV or you hear something on the radio or you're reflecting in your head. We all have these things. Sometimes you do have to just really go inside to seek them out. But what is that thing that you get so passionate about in those private conversations? So that's one thing you can do. The second thing you can do is start looking at the people that you idolize. You look up to the people that you do for a reason, and a lot of times what happens is if you start looking at those people as a collective whole, you'll start to realize there's some underlying commonalities between them. And so like for me, a lot of the people that I look up to are some of the greatest orators of all time. And that's something that I respect, something that I aspire to be one day, to be able to stand up on stage and absolutely command an audience. But they're also people who are very empathetic, people who are very empowering, to other people. And so look at those people that you look up to that, that you've idolized and see what is it about them that you look up to. Chances are the reason why you look up to those things are because either A, they're things that you feel inside of you or B, they're things that you aspire to be. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing is ask people around you. Okay. So many people are afraid to do this because they're afraid of the answers that they're going to get. But you don't get to have the, I guess, gift, so to speak, of finding your purpose if you're not willing to have the tough conversations, if you're not willing to do the hard work of going through these processes, then, then you're not going to receive that trophy at the end of the road. So have these conversations with people around you. What are my gifts? What is it about me that makes you want to be in relationship with me? And people are going to start calling out things. And again, what you're going to find is there's going to be this common thread a lot of times in what people are saying. Now, the one misconception that I will say that so many people have is that most people are looking for their purpose in a position, meaning that they're looking for a job that is going to satisfy them as far as their purpose is concerned, and that does not exist for everybody. So like for me, I'm blessed to be able to have a position like I do that allows me to be able to not only be so completely fulfilled and satisfied within, but also allows me to be able to make a great living, as do you, as do so many other people. But for my wife, if you ask her, what is your purpose? What is your reason for existing on this planet? She will tell you that it is to be a great mom. Well, I don't know if you've checked on the the different job boards lately, but I don't think there are many jobs out there that are hiring for stay-at-home mothers that are dropping off big paychecks. Mm -hmm. So people have to stop looking for their purpose in a position if you start to identify what are those key traits, what are those things about you that make you you, that allow you to be able to be the best version of you, and there's not a job that aligns with those, then start trying to figure out ways in your life that you can draw those things out. So for so many people, it's the fact that uh, being able to empower kids and to do all those different things, to be able to rate, relate to little children, um, again, there's not many jobs out there that are paying you a great wage to do that. But if you can go out and you can invest three, four, five nights a week in little league sports, that is not paying you, but it's giving you that sense of satisfaction. That is where you're going to find your purpose. 
And so it's going through those different exercises, but then also detaching yourself from a certain position that you're seeking and understanding that you're not always going to find your purpose in a job. Really, really well said. Uh, and I, and I couldn't agree more because there, there's a question that I ask a lot of people, which is, you know, the passion conversation, like follow the passion, money will come and all that sort of thing. And I struggle with that. Like I get what people are getting at, which is, you know, if you do the things you like more often than not, and you put the energy behind them, yeah, you'll probably get paid and you'll probably be able to turn it into something. However, um, you know, to, to put your self-worth and, and being on an external factor like a job or a sport or something is like at the end of the day, like you said with Kobe Bryant, like it, it could be taken away. You could be fired. The company could fold. The industry could totally change in six months. Like all those things are completely realistic possibilities. And then what? Then you're left with this giant hole that you all of a sudden have to fill real quick. Otherwise, you're taken on water. Yeah. And, you know, people say all the time, whenever you're trying to find your, uh, your purpose, what is something that you would do for free that you would absolutely still love to do? And it's so true because going back to what we were saying earlier about the safety and security, those things don't really exist. You just alluded to it. You could go in tomorrow and lose your job. The real estate market could crash again. God willing, it won't, but it could. I could sit there and all of a sudden have a huge dry up in people who want to work with me. All of these things are very real possibilities and variables in our lives. And so we can't attach our purpose to those external factors, just like you said, because security and safety don't exist. I had a buddy uh, or a, a newer friend uh, on the show the other day, uh, Nate Bailey, who's also a, a success coach. And he had a comment, which I, which is sort of, coming back to me now, it was actually a quote from his mother, which he was given this advice earlier. So I'm, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. Um, his mom told him like, if you can't uh, do what you love, like make enough money so you can do the things that you do love. And to me that represented like, if you haven't figured it out, that doesn't mean that you should sit on the sidelines. You should still go forward and do something so you can fund the life uh, that you're, that you're hoping to attain because when you're out doing when you're out doing period but out doing especially things like maybe it's a sport or a, a recreation activity outside of work or maybe it's some volunteer work like you were talking about um, that's when so you're going to be in those opportunities and those places to then hopefully find your purpose your passion and and all the rest of it yeah I would say that I 100% agree with that because one there aren't a whole lot of people that are cut from the cloth of let me go sit down and do the introspective work of trying to discover what my true purpose is. You know, you say that and most people are like, okay, I'm going to go watch TV or I'm going to go out to eat or do something else. And so whenever it comes down to that, because so many people are disconnected from this idea of what their true purpose is. Yeah. 100% go out there and afford yourself to be able to have a certain lifestyle that's going to bring you that happiness. You know, they say that money can't buy happiness, but actually it can. Money can't buy joy, it can't buy fulfillment, but it can buy you a lot of things that are going to make you happy because happiness is fleeting. Now, mm -hmm. I would say don't become dependent upon just bringing in money so that you can then go out and create these momentary happinesses within your life. Mm -hmm. Definitely go through the process. But yeah, absolutely what she's saying. If you're, if you're not in alignment with what you feel like you, you're called to do, 
then be able to go out and provide, um, provide yourself the opportunity to explore those things by having the financial resources to do those. And so like a great thing is a lot of people reach out to me and they want handouts, so to speak. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to ask me questions. They want to be able to seek counsel. They want to be able to get advice, all these different things. And that's great to a degree. I'm, I'm glad that I am the, the trusted figure for them to go to. But at some point, I've got to set up those boundaries again and say, hey, look, I'm not going to be able to give you free coaching because this is what I do for a career. And people want to push back and they say, oh, well, you say that you want to serve people, that you want to empower and help people find their purpose, but yet you want to charge for it. Mm -hmm. And I tell people all the, all the time, you've got to have money to grow the mission. Mm -hmm. And it's the exact same thing in your life. If you don't know what your purpose is, yeah, then go out, make a bunch of money, be able to give yourself that financial stability and the disposable income to then go out and create these experiences. And in doing so, you might uncover something that you didn't even know was there. I would also add to that, that if, if you were, if someone's looking for a coach in, in this case, and then wants handouts and, and then they're going to hold the hold the like, you're going to serve people. So why don't you just give it away thing over your head? Like the, the person who's receiving that advice, even if you gave it to them for free, probably would do Jack with it because they're not invested in it whatsoever. And, and it's probably to them worth what they paid for it, which in that case is nothing. And getting somebody in the door and they're opening their wallet and committing through that action to whatever you're about to teach them, I believe uh, will certainly improve the, the teachability of that student as well as their commitment to really making a change because ultimately like you and I can sit here on this podcast and talk as much as we want about how great coaching is or how great real estate is or great any of this stuff is. But unless someone's open to it in the beginning, like we're not going to convince people to do it. They have to come with an open mind and a willingness to learn and to grow and, and, you know, handing money over and doing that act is certainly part of that. And especially in an engagement, like a coach. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's human psychology. One on one things that we receive for free, we don't attach meaning significance or value to whenever you have to have skin in the game, even if it's your last dollar, or even if it's disposable income that you have, People just tend to attach more meaning, more significance to the things that they have to actually invest in. And mm -hmm. I was one of those people. I was always one of those ones. I'm like, oh, I'm different. So give me this handout because I really need it because I don't have the money to invest. And when people would push back and they would say, well, if it's that important to you, you would find the money to invest. It always kind of struck me. I'm like, man, this person's a jerk. But then now being on the other side of it and having gone through the process and actually experiencing it myself to the point where I'm sitting there handing over this check or sending like pressing in or on sending this payment and my fingers shaking as I'm about to hit the keyboard mm -hmm. going through that and then understanding the, the hunger and the desire and the passion that I attached to that experience. Now it makes me on the other side be able to firmly and passionately stand in my control and say, no, I'm not going to give this to you because you need to prove to yourself that you deserve the change that you're seeking. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It changes the relationship in so many ways. When you, when you set up that relationship and you, and you, and you put finances on the line or you put something else on the line and 
like, gosh, I, I, I don't know what the exact number is. I don't have a running total, but I'm sure I've invested over 50 grand into myself through personal development and courses and books and you know, masterminds and stuff like that. And I, I can tell you that all of it was certainly worth it in, and all in different ways. And it's, and it's usually never the way that you expected it either, but you have to make that first, that first effort to, to put something on the line, open yourself up and, and be a little bit vulnerable in that moment. Cause that's when, when change and growth happens. Yeah. And see, that's the thing is people want a guarantee on their, they want a guaranteed return on their investment. And so you sit there and you tell them it's a, a $2,000 investment. Oh, well, when am I going to make my $2,000 back? And then whenever you come back at them and you tell them, oh, well, there's no guarantee that you're going to make your money back. Well, wait, why not? If I'm paying you $2,000, why is there no guarantee I'm going to make my money back? Well, because this entire process hinges on you and your willingness to take action, your willingness to change, your willingness to go out and do what's necessary in order to accomplish what you want to accomplish. I'm going to give you all the tools, the resources, the knowledge to be able to do it, but it's on you to be able to achieve the result. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, and it's funny when people talk about investing money into a coach or into a program or whatever, um, and then they, they have that, that sort of ROI component in their head all of a sudden, but then you have that same person either contributing to a mutual fund or a retirement account that's getting, you know, two or 3% of fees on top and is, is probably returning them like a couple percent and they don't even think about that or they, they don't think about the, the spending habits that they have and they're wasting two grand a month easily on nonsense. When, if you really want to look at an ROI, like who's the number one person that's probably going to return your money the best. It's probably you. And, and that to me always says something about that person and their belief in themselves more than it says anything about the other, you know, any other factor outside of it, like investing in yourself, as long as, like you said, you're, you're willing to do the work and, and put in the effort and implement everything you're learning is absolutely the best uh, return and the best investment you can make. 100% agree. Man, that's awesome. Well, we're, we're getting towards the end of our time here. And, and before we uh, transition to the focus five, which is the last five questions of the show, um, I wanted to ask you, because you're, you're in education. Uh, I've got this question that I haven't pulled out a whole lot, but I've been bringing it out a little bit more recently. And I think it's really appropriate for you. So the question is, uh, if you could write a semester worth of curriculum that every student in America had to take, uh, what would you write and why? Oh, that's a great, great question. I would say that the curriculum would definitely be focused around how do you actually go about the process of doing deep introspective work? So taking them through different activities, taking them through um, different action steps that they can take. Because one of the things that I've realized through my own personal growth journey and so many other people that I've been able to help is the exact thing that I went through. We're great at showing up for everybody else. We suck at showing up for ourselves. I can sit there and I can have a conversation and I can draw out a lot of information about Hans and find out what makes Hans tick. But at the end of the day, you turn the tables on me and ask me and I have no freaking clue. Mm -hmm. So really equipping these young people with the ability to be able to start doing those things now so that they're not building up all these years of insecurity, all these years of questioning, all these years of getting to what they feel like is going to be this checkpoint in their life. And then all of a sudden the light's going to flip on 
and then all they're just going to know magically what they need to do. So that would be one component of it. And then the other piece would be around effective communication and interpersonal skills. Those are two things that are hugely lacking in society across the board. But when we think about all these hot button topics, whether it's race relations, gender relations, um, sexual relations, just everything that's going on, a lot of it just comes down to the fact that people don't know how to communicate and people don't know how to resolve conflict. If we would just learn to be able to approach people from the place of respect and mutual appreciation and being able to have respectful differences, it would make this world such a more peaceful place. Mm-hmm. And so I would say those would be the three prongs of my teaching, really helping you to develop as a person. And then as you develop as a person, how do you then go out and affect change in the world in the way that you relate to people in the way that you treat and communicate with people? Really well said. Thank you for bringing all that up. Cause I, I definitely agree with a lot of, of what you just said. And I, I would love to see what that course looked like. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to respect the rest of your day, man, and I, I appreciate everything you've brought out so far. So I'm definitely excited to hear what answers you give to the Focus Five, which is the same five questions I ask every guest on every show. Uh, so here is the first one. What book have you gifted most often? Oh, gosh. Outside of my book, <laughs> I would say it's probably, probably Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Great answer. If you could get an hour of someone's time past or present live or dead and ask as many questions as you wanted, who would that be and why? Oh man, you're bringing out the tough questions. Gosh, past or present or live or dead. Uh, 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 Honestly, as a man of faith, I would probably have to say Jesus. And just because it's just one of those things where, when, when you root your life in that belief, just really having that understanding of those experiences, I mean, that, that alone would just be the most eye-opening thing ever. That's a great answer. Uh, what is one thing that you believe most people would disagree with you on? I think that people intuitively feel it, but I think the fact that we are meant to be selfish by nature is something that I think a lot of people would disagree on. I think that people think that we were sent here to be 100% selfless, but, and I think that a lot of it comes from the fact that we have a misunderstanding of what the word selfish actually means, but Mm -hmm. you cannot pour from an empty cup. Therefore, if you do not take care of yourself first and foremost, above all else, you cannot show up as the best version of you. So being able to step out and be a little more selfish, I think is one of the things that holds most people back from being able to get to where they want to get in their lives. That is a really, a really interesting comment because I had another guest on the show uh, say something about that. And basically he said, I had to spend about a year getting selfish because I was trying to pour from, he used the cup analogy, I was trying to pour from a cup that had a baby little tiny bit in it. And he was basically doing nothing for people's lives. He was effectively buying homeless people coffee. Like, you know, it's the concept of like giving someone a fish or teaching them how to fish. Same, same idea. So give us a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you start your day? So for me, the day pretty much starts the same every day. When my alarm goes off, I get straight up out of bed. I'm not one of those ones who punches the snooze button because that irritates me. You can ask my wife. (laughs) So I get straight out of bed. 
And typically, I think that there's three things, three great components of a good morning routine. It's nourishing your mind, your body, and your spirit. And so I always do some sort of physical activity, whether that's a full workout or whether that's just getting down on the floor and doing some stretching, some push-ups, sit-ups, things like that. Um, I always drink a big glass of water so that I can then go in and start to get my mind to function appropriately. And then I always, when it comes to my spiritual health, whether it's reading scripture, some sort of devotional, something like that. And then I also read something that's more academic in nature as well. And then I'm a big time eater. So I definitely have to get some, some food in me early in the morning. <laughs> right on. Well, man, I, uh, I really appreciate you being on the show. You've definitely brought a lot of value today, um, even though you've been feeling under the weather. Um, tell us a bit about your book and where we can find it and where we can find out more about you online. Yeah, so my book is Leading with Love, the guide to becoming a more loving and empowering leader. And I think that's something that we need more of in this world. We need more people to step up to be strong, encouraging and empowering leaders, not dictatorial figures who are trying to hold people down, but people who are really trying to pull people up and raise up the next generation of leaders. You can find that on Amazon. You can also find it through my website. My website's justinaldridge.me. You can go on there, check out my blog, read all about me, read all about my mission, my purpose, what I'm trying to accomplish in this world. And then you can also find me on social media. I'm most active on Facebook and Instagram. And it's just at Uncommon Justin and you'll find me or Uncommon Justin Aldridge and you'll find me on both of those. Awesome, man. Well, I will link to all of that down in the show notes. Um, guys, hopefully you've gotten a ton of value out of this. I know I have. Uh, Justin, man, appreciate you being on the show. Really looking forward to keeping a relationship going with you, getting to know you better and watching all your success over the next year in 2020. Definitely, Hans. I appreciate it, man. Awesome. That was it. That was all. And that is a wrap for today, guys. I hope you got as much out of that as I did. Uh, if you liked that, go check out Justin on social and his website. Uh, you can download his book from Amazon. He's also got links on his website. All that's in the show notes. So go down there and check him out and tell him you're a listener of the show. I'm sure he would really appreciate some love from the community. And while you're down there, I would just love to connect with you personally. Love getting to know you guys. Uh, so head down into the show notes find my Calendly link. Let's get connected. Let's have a, a quick chat um, so we can get to know each other. And then, you know, uh, as always, you know, if you're getting value out of this, a uh, really big way that you could help me out since I do this totally for free is just head over to iTunes, uh, click subscribe, leave a rating and review. Just give me a little bit of feedback and give me give me that five-star review because it really helps me grow the show as well as get the, the feedback that I'm really looking for to make it even better. So, you know, without any further ado, we're going to sign it off. This is Hans Strazina, host of Another Way to Play. And remember to make every chapter better than the last. Thanks for joining in for this episode of Another Way to Play, making the next chapter of your life better than your last. For more insights and inspiration to help you make that personal leap, be sure to engage with Hans on social media and get your questions answered right here on the show. Reach out to Hans at ChiefSNAH on Instagram, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Another Way to Play.